My soul doeth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his people. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call us blessed. For he that is mighty have done to us great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He have showed strength with his arm. He have scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He have put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He have filled the hungry with good things. That's his word. <laughs> And the rich he have sent empty away. And the rich he have sent empty away. He have hope in his servants of the United States of America. <laughs> in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, to the past fathers of presidents of how this where this country was established on the Constitution and to his seed forever and to his seed forever we are the seeds hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. praise the name of the Most High God hallelujah God we exalt you for your word and for your name hallelujah and your word is high above the heavens and the earth. Thank you, Father, for that word that looks down upon us, shine upon us, and that will glorify us as we glorify you in your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this day. Oh, God, we are excited about your presence. We are excited about this is the day that you made. And we can rejoice. Yes. We can rejoice and be glad in it. The circumstances have nothing to do with your presence. And that we can rejoice in your presence. Hallelujah to the name of the Most High God. Our Messiah, our Yahweh, our Emmanuel, our all in all. The great I am. He is, he is, and he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. He is the great I am. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is so on time, so blessed. But that's what happens when you beseech the Holy Spirit from the beginning to the end. Oh, my God. Our opening from DeMarco was blessed from the heavenlies. And, and our worship from the heavenlies is blessed. This is all we need. This is what church is all about. Amen. All that other stuff that man came up with don't profit us anything. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
our, our message is, is right in line because <laughs> but that's how the Holy Spirit works because everything that's in my message they have already spoken it and and it's been worshiped so <laughs> I'm just going to give you the affirmation <laughs> to what you've already experienced because the, the title of the message today is the birth of Christ was the birthing of love and redemption the birth of Christ was the birthing of love, or I should say is the birthing of love and redemption. And, and uh, we're going to go to Luke 2, and verses 25 to 40 is what we're going to prayerfully focus on because I believe that the Lord was showing me the importance of prayer and worship in this. And it, and it relates to the time that we're in right now if we want to see that in prayer and stop waiting for man to turn things around or man to fix things or man to make it happen. It's not gonna happen like that. It's only gonna happen because those who are called by his name know how to pray, how to worship and how to seek him in, in the word. And then he's going to show up See, he has to fulfill his word because that's who he is. That's his honor. And, and so when we worship him, praise his name, pray his name, pray his promises, they will manifest. It's not a hocus pocus. It's a reality. And we have to speak it out. Those who know him, we have to speak it out into the universe so he can manifest it. He wants to show it. He wants to publish it. But the body of Christ has been quiet. I guess you want to say you've been in your prayer closet. You've been in a closet. I don't know about the prayer. Closet Christians. And also, we've been under the, the, the influence of of a Jezebel spirit that will say, well, this is how we act at this time. And this is what we do at this time. And this is how things are supposed to go in church. If you're not hearing from the spirit of the living God, you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. We got to hear from the Lord. And when, the way we hear from the Lord is first we humble ourselves. We pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. So we can hear from the spirit of the living God. Because whatever he tells us to do is not popular among the masses. And most times it's not even convenient. Oh, glory to God. It's not convenient. But it's okay. Because whatever he calls you to do, wherever he calls you to go, he has already paved the way. He has already prepared you for it. All you got to do is say, yes, Lord, and begin to walk in the path. Amen. So we're going to focus on three people in the Bible right now that knew about prayer devotion, fear, and reverence unto the Lord. Okay? So uh, chapter, chapter 2, beginning with verse 25, and it says, 
And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, y'all got to pray with me today because this is relating to our present time. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. We are waiting for the consolation of the United States of America right now. Okay? And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Why was the Holy Ghost upon him? Because he was a just man who was about prayer, who had received the prophecy and was standing on it, and he didn't let circumstances, situations, and times change his stance. Amen? Amen. So therefore, it was revealed unto him, verse 26, by the Holy Ghost. Because that, see, that's when the Holy Ghost shows up. When you stand in spite of, because you know that you know that you've heard from him. All right? Okay. So the Holy Ghost shows up and reveals to him that he should not see death before he have seen the Lord Christ. The Lord's Christ. That means God's anointed one. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. There are some things that must happen in the spirit right now in our world. And until we see these things, the conclusion doesn't come to pass. And he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Okay, he went into the temple because at this time, Mary and Joseph had brought Jesus to the temple for a couple of things. And one is he's going to be circumcised. And, and, and according to the rule and the custom that they were supposed to come and offer up a sacrificial offering. And if they didn't have what was the common traditional offering, they were to come up with another substitute that was close to that. And this is how we get the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, that title of Jesus. Okay, you know, uh, the Lord used a whole bunch, many of all of the Jewish traditions for the body of Christ to bring revelation and understanding about how things operate in the heavenly. So, okay, so this is why they were in the temple. And so it says he was moved by the spirit of the Lord to go into the temple when they brought in the child Jesus, because remember At the beginning, it says God promised him that he wouldn't die until after he saw the Christ. Okay? So it says, 28, then took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, he took the child up in his arms to bless God. Oh, my God, can you imagine? He had the presence of God in his arms. We can do that. You just need to know how to enter in his presence through the power of prayer. You know, this, this uh, uh, subject about prayer is never going to be exhausted because God has been revealing more and more to me that is deeper. And we have not even scratched the surface in our understanding concerning prayer. Okay? And how God can trust you with some things. Because of your prayer life. 
glory, 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 because he trusts this man to lift up the blessing to the world and bless and say, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. It's like, now I've had the blessed opportunity to, to see, receive, and understand who the Messiah is. Oh, glory. Have you yet understood who the Messiah is? God has given us time to come into the understanding of who our Messiah is and behold him and behold him with our eyes, our hearts. Do you understand that? See, I don't want to go prematurely. I want the fullness. I want everything that he has to offer. I want that. Okay? So it says that... um, he says, now that I've had this experience, you know, uh, I can go in peace. For my eyes have seen thou salvation. Yes. That's real salvation. Yes. That's not a few words that you chanted in front of a bunch of people in a building. You call a church. And now you feel you have arrived. Mm-mm. That's deeper. That's deeper than that. And we, the body of Christ, fail to understand that that's the opening door. This thing called discipleship, that's where you grow in the knowledge, the graces of Jesus Christ. It's, it's not enough that you have uh, said the prayer and now you're saved. That's not enough. That's just the beginning. There's much work that has to come after that. Don't feel like you're safe uh, uh, snugged like a bug in the rug. <laughs> you got lots of work that has to go forth. And God has an expectation out of every one of us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Do you know what that means? To work out your salvation? It's not enough to just say I'm saved and come to services. You got to work out your salvation. He says, my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles or to bring a revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. You know, I I was going to do this verse by verse. Now I'm going to have to go back and start all over again. I'm going to finish reading and then we're going back again. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, he's talking to Mary, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Okay? So I'm going to do Simeon first, and then we'll go to the next scriptures in 36. Okay? Simeon believed the prophecy of the coming Messiah, so he waited with expectation and preparation. We've been told that Jesus is coming back. Are we in prayer? Are we expecting? Or are we overcome by the times? Do you realize that the times here is part of the preparation? 
all of the stuff that's going on right now in the world with the, with the virus and all of that is preparational time. Do you realize that? Don't get caught up in what the world is seeing. What is God telling us to do during this time? How is God telling you to pray during this time? Who is God telling you to go and minister to during this time? Because the only hope for the world is Jesus Christ. The only peace for the world is Jesus Christ. The only joy for the world is Jesus Christ. Now you have experienced some happiness. Get over it because it's not lasting. And it isn't what, was ex what you were supposed to be lying, relying on and living on. Now get a hold of what joy is all about. And begin to do the work of the ministry. Put your focus on the work of the ministry. And not on what you are hearing and seeing on the news. We are too caught up. He was waiting with expectation and preparation. He didn't say, well, we'll see what happens. Well, we'll see what CNN and Fox is telling us. No, he prepared for the coming of Jesus. This is what we are supposed to be doing. Preparing for the coming of Jesus. Not fretting about a virus. Faith caused the anointing to flourish. Faith causes the anointing in you to flourish. Some of us have been anointed to do some things that you're sitting on. Because fear has crippled you and have lied to you and say you can't do what you know deep in your heart you've been called to do. Faith will cause that anointing to flourish because that's how it shows up. His faith of the coming Messiah was revealed to him the same way it is revealed to us today from the scriptures. See, he was reading scriptures the Old Testament scriptures that was declaring the coming of the birth of Jesus Christ. And that built up his faith. We are reading scriptures today to tell us about the second coming of Jesus Christ and it should be building up our faith today. Amen. And, and being a man of much prayer, the gift in him became more enforced because he was praying properly and consistently to receive the revelation of the word and the word coming from God's spirit direct to his spirit. Okay, now I may need to say that all over again because y'all need to understand how things operate in the spirit because, you know, we get too spooky. He was a man of constant prayer, yes. properly praying, yes. knowing what to pray at the right time. Yes. And the only way you're going to know that, you got to employ the Holy Spirit. Okay? So he was properly and consistently praying, which allowed him or put him in a position to receive revelation of the word of God, the scriptures, and the word that was coming from God directly to his spirit. This is what God is expecting out of us. I'm, I, you know what? I can't say it enough. And, and I know God wouldn't be putting this on my heart so heavy constantly if we had if we were getting it the, the 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 time and the effort that you put in watching uh mass media mainstream media need to be put and praying and seeking god for what is it that you want me to be doing now what is it that you want me to see? Not what they're telling me, but what is it that you want me to see? Because I know they can't possibly know what's forthcoming. Only God knows what's forthcoming. 
And so we have to employ him into our lives. We got to graduate. We got to elevate in our fair prayer life so that we can hear from God. Let's stop doing the same little mm -mm 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 kind of prayers. Let's step out of the box. Step into the water. Go into the deep. To employ his presence to come in and do the miraculous. Yes. Yes. Simeon's name means hearing. Ain't that interesting? Yeah, that's, that's what his name meant. Hearing. Okay. And, and then there was <laughs> another possible uh, uh, definition of his name that says, Little Hyena Beast. <laughs> oh, I love it. Because let me tell you, when you're doing warfare on behalf of the Lord, you need to become like a beast. Amen. You need to go with boldness yes, yes, yes. and begin to demand and declare and take back and snatch back what the hell Satan in hell has taken from you and declare in the name of Jesus. You don't go to the enemy crying and whipping and talking about what you doing. You go back and say, in the name of Jesus, I cast that demon off of your presence in the name of Jesus. Jezebel, you can't have him. Your time is over because there's a new sheriff now. And you don't have no you didn't have no rights when you were there, but they let you in. But I'm letting you know, I'm telling you, you going, you gotta go. Cause I'm claiming them for Jesus. I'm taking back what Satan has stolen and declaring it for Jesus Christ. Take back your house. Because right now. If your spouse, male or female, is operating out of order, but you know the Lord, you're the strong man of your house. You're the strong man of your house. Stand up as a strong man. And take the house back. If you're single and you're a career person and you're working, take the house back. You can do it and they don't even know you're warring in the place. On your job, that's why you're there. Besides to earn that little pay. The real pay is what's going to happen after this life. Glory, hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to read uh, David Jeremiah's commentary concerning uh, the verses in 27. And David Jeremiah for um, 27 says this. Well, actually, I want, to, I want to read 24 because it also helps you to understand what was going on in those times. Is When a Jewish couple brought their son for official presentation, the Old Testament law required them to bring an offering of a lamb or a, uh, uh, a goat. But if the family could not afford this, they could substitute two turtle doves, which is what Mary and Joseph did because they were poor. Okay? And, and, and so um, it, when Simon begins to speak, speak these things in the scripture that he was speaking about blessing Jesus and how he, what he's come to do, he was actually recording, uh, speaking out what was recorded in the Old Testament verses already. Okay? And, 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 and so 
uh, because the word was written unto the Israelites, and we reap the, the covenant blessings of, of what the Israelites have, but we can also reap their, their uh, um, curses by following without even being aware that that's what you're doing in the same footsteps where we don't believe. See, we think, cause, we think because we've come, uh, we're in a church that we're so far ahead of them. But you see, we have our own traditions and rituals that has overpowered faith, okay? And so therefore, we're not hearing from the Spirit of the Lord. We're hearing from some spirits, and some of us are calling them the holy, but they're not, okay? And, and so my message is, is, is to put those other spirits on the run and allow you to have your eyes open up to have and invite the Holy Spirit to come in and live with you and reveal some things to you. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go to uh, talk about Anna. We talked about Simeon. And so that was like a foundation, in my opinion, when you learn how to pray and have faith and trust in the Lord. And you don't let your surroundings dictate to you and to your spirit, but what you have learned to pray and the faith that you, who you have in is the one that's dictating your actions, your thoughts, and your moves. Oh yeah, Satan comes in sometimes and get us off course, but the fact is you need to have sense enough to know when you're off course and get back on course and just repent and just keep on going. Amen. Amen. Because see, what happened as human beings, we have the tendency when we fall off to feel like, well, it's okay. And yeah, right, and just keep on going in that direction. No, it is not okay. Amen. Get up, get off, and say, God, forgive me, yes. and get back on. Yes. You don't even have to have no seance, and you don't have to go on a long-term fast or any of that. See, we practice rituals too. Just say, forgive me for I have sinned, yes. and now I'm back, Lord, yes. and get back on line and do what you're supposed to yes. do. Because when, when you start having to do all of these seances and stuff in order to feel forgiven, then you, that's, those are your false altars, your false gods, and you are the main one because you don't think that you are good enough to get right until you do certain things. Well, first of all, newsflash, you didn't get right, period, on your own. It's the spirit of the living God that's getting you right. And so when you get off, only he can get you right. So, okay, let's go to 36 and, and read about Anna. And there, was a, and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, I guess I'm pronouncing that right, of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. Now, listen to this. She was a virgin when she got married. Her hus- she lived with her husband for seven years before he actually died. Now listen to this. This is where it gets powerful. And she was a widow of about four score and 40 years. That's about 84 years. 84 years she was a widow. And we can't stand a few years of not having sex. Oh, it's real quiet in here now. That wasn't in my notes. (laughs) Oh, God. So for... 84 years, which departed not, she departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. 
So she consecrated herself unto the Lord to serve him night and day. So you see, there are some people who have committed not to be married, but they're, they're consecrating their lives to live for the Lord, and it can be done. God don't do, put nothing on us that it cannot be done. And so, and this is what she did. So her, her commitment was to pray and fast until the Messiah comes. Okay? Amen? And so she stayed in the temple, and I think that was like a form of consecration, to stay in a place where she stays holy. And then if, when you are right with God, when you are right with God, you can stand up against any demon. You don't have to go to no special anointing service. You can stand up against any demon. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you know the power of prayer? Mm, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. So it says, and, she, and, she, and she's coming in, in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she knew about the Messiah who was yes. coming. Yes. Okay. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned. Into, now, now they're talking about Joseph and Mary. And there were some things that they had to do. And so after, after she, Mary had given birth to Jesus, um, she had to stay away until that cycle time was over. Because after that delivering of the baby, there is an extensive bleeding time that goes on. Um, and so she had to, and so she had to wait till she was considered clean because the Jewish law said that she was unclean as long as that uh, bleeding was going going on. So it, there were ceremonies and different things that were done. And so then, after the completion of that, then this is thirty nine is talking about where everything had been done according to the law. They returned into Galilee to their own city in Nazareth. And this is where the child grew and, and says, when waxed strong in the spirit and filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Okay, now let's talk about Anna. Okay, Anna means grace, and she was graced with life long enough to see the, her Savior, Jesus, after his birth. Yes. And like Simeon, Anna was of an uh, unusual commitment and blessed with the prophetic understanding, the word was revealed to Anna and Simeon, and they received it. That's the prophetic. Okay. Let's see, because we, like I said, we get all spooky and stuff and come up, and, and the Lord told me to tell you, and, and, and by this time next year, you're going to be married, and you, and, and, and that, you know that job that you've been waiting for? Well, it's going to come to pass. Let me tell you what the Lord is saying. Read your Bible and pray so that you can have the revelation and understanding. Because let me tell you, prophecy is the word revealed and understood and spoken. This word. Because they committed their lives to the Lord until their eyes can see their salvation. God gave them revelation of his word, gave them understanding of the times and what was forthcoming. And that's what he will do with us. He wants to reveal the mysteries of his word because unless you have been uh, circumcised 
by your heart been circumcised because you have accepted the Messiah, the blood of Jesus Christ that has transformed you from an old creation to a new one, then you cannot understand the word. It is Greek and Hebrew for real. But to those who belong to him, he opens that word up. And for those who are a seeker to know and to understand, you get greater revelation and understanding of what the word is all about. Amen. We cannot get caught up in the mystique that only entices your flesh and your emotions. And God didn't call us to live by emotions. Amen. And also, if you notice that the two of them always gave thanks and blessings unto the Lord when they begin to reveal what God had revealed to them. Amen. Amen. See, a sacrificial life for Christ is about giving, not always receiving. And the giving of thanks to the Lord that will keep you from operating in so much fear. They both, but uh, Simon and, and Anna both lived out the promise of age and had wisdom as well as great joy and peace from their savior whom they believed in before he was birthed out in the natural. They had long life and a long satisfied life, which is what uh, I think the Psalms 91 tells us that's one of the promises and benefits, okay, of life, which when we listen, hearken, and obey, that's what we will receive, okay? Now, I, 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 I skipped something that I think is really, really important, and I'm going to go back to it, because um, when I was talking about Simeon, if Jesus coming will bring deliverance. And, and, and when he was talking about all of the things that were going to happen uh, in, the, in, in uh, verses um, 32 all the way up to 35, when Simeon was telling them what's going to happen, as a result of Jesus coming, it will bring deliverance, but it also will bring division and anguish. It will bring both redemption and judgment. All are bound up in in his advent. Yeah. Okay, are y'all, in the, are y'all with me? Yeah. Okay. Now, remember last week I talked about how the division is in the body of Christ and it's all due to what one chooses to believe? Yeah. Okay. That's, see, when Jesus was born, that's what he did. He brought salvation and deliverance and redemption, and he also brought division and, 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 and faction and everything else that comes along with it because some will believe and some won't. Right. And that's just the way it works. And that has nothing to do with God, has everything to do with our broken spirit that happened with the original sin back in the garden. And this is why our faith falters because What happened in the garden was about flesh and emotions. Didn't follow the spirit. Followed what what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Okay? That leads us into destruction. Okay? So, because 
a division will happen. We don't have no control over that. We don't have no control over the, over, over the division, and, and God is really making me really comfortable with that so I can stop apologizing when I'm preaching. But what we must do is pray for the hearts and eyes of those people to open up to the truth. Yes. There's, there's people who are going to leave and divide, and, and, and there's going to be division even in your home, but what, what you do is that you just pray for them. You may not be able to draw them back with anything that you have to say or share, but you can pray for them to be delivered and their eyes open up to the truth. Because remember, it's going to be a remnant of people at the end. We got millions of people getting saved, but it's only going to be a remnant at the end. Now, if you read your Bible, you should know that. Okay? Don't, that's why I keep saying, we think because we've done that, we have gotten right up under the, 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 you know, the, the door and we're safe. We're not safe unless we stay committed to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we give him the fear and reverence that is due to him and stop trying to reduce him down to a natural person. Amen. Amen. So we must continue to keep these people in prayer because that is the work of the remnant. That's the work of the remnant. Now, my job is to speak the truth regardless of how it may be perceived and trust God to turn the people's hearts around and that he will bring the increase. I have come to settlement with that <laughs> I'm going to read what, 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 what David wrote because when you are only concerned about what thus says the Lord and not your popularity uh, not that people agree with everything that you say because if they don't agree they're going to leave and keep them here I must say what they want to hear when you don't live like that then you have to accept the fallout and everything else. But I am, I am not trying to work myself to hell, Amen. trying to be popular yes. and appease people's ears, tickle their ears with what they want to hear. Because that's not what God expects. And I could have continued doing what I was doing in the world before I got saved, but that's what I want to do. I didn't get saved to act like I used to act. Amen? And there's two eternities. And your choice is going to determine which one you're going to end up in. Amen? So this is, this is what um, David said in, verse, in, in uh, Psalms 40, verse 10. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. You know, you only act righteous when you're in the building. Follow you after the building and see what you're doing. And when you're not in the building and see what you're doing. Listen to the phone calls and see how you're talking. Read some of these texts and Facebooks, which I hate Facebook, and see what kind of conversation is going on. 
Mr. and Mrs. Righteous. He says, I have not concealed your loving kindness. He has spoken the truth and said what was necessary to be saved. To be said, I'm sorry. See, we are conditioned by that original sin in the garden to appear and to satisfy, to appease, I'm, sh I'm sorry, to appease and to satisfy our flesh. That's that original sin. So that comes natural for us. You need to recognize that. That's why you have to fight against it. And because it comes natural, some of us think, well, this is what I should be doing. And this is how I should be feeling. Because it's just naturally happening. Well, that's the battle. The battle is you're no longer under the kingdom of naturalness. You're in a new kingdom called the kingdom of God under divinity. And so for you to walk in divinity, you got to battle with your natural flesh. And you got to talk to your flesh. Your heart has been conditioned by the spirit of the living God. So your heart should be talking to your broken soul and your fleshy emotions and tell it what is going to do and what is not going to do. But when we do and focus on and major on those things that, uh, uh, that our emotions and our flesh is telling us, then our soul suffers. Our soul suffers. And we miss the benefits and promises of God by not keeping his precepts, such as joy, peace, and righteousness, which only results from obeying God. Now, God has certain precepts, precepts and promises and benefits that he says, when you do such and such. We think because we said we're saved, we just automatically inherit all of these wonderful things. There are things that we is, that are expected out of us. You're always looking at what can God do? What have you done for me? What have you done for him? You wouldn't have to ask him what have he done for you when you're focusing on what have you done for him. And when we do what he says to do, the benefits and the promises are always the same. Joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Your flesh is temporal. It shall perish. But your soul will live on in eternity. Amen. And that which eternity will be predicated on your decisions that you made while you were walking in the flesh. So do not be so quick to follow the words of man. And that's generic. Man, female, whoever. If you haven't checked to see if, they, if what they're saying is lining up with the word of God. Amen. Amen. We need to have faith in Jesus Christ and the cross. Not faith in church, okay? Okay, okay. let's go over to some scriptures because I know that didn't sound right to some of us religious people. So <laughs> let's, let's go over to Matthew uh, 13 and verses uh, 24 to 30. And it says, another parable that Jesus put forth unto them saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sows which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then have it have its tares? He said unto them, An enemy have done this. 
The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also with the wheat and with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares. This is what the situation that we're in right now, the time that we're in right now, the scare and the fear, it is the gathering of the tear for those who believe what the world is saying against what God is saying. Oh, okay. He says, bind them in bundles to burn them. That's those unbelieving believers. But gather the wheat into my barn. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Okay, this, this, this is a warning unto the, unto the body of Christ. Okay, let's go over to Matthew 3. I, 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 help me, Holy Ghost. Matthew 3. I think I want to go here. No. Do you want to be considered as a tear? No. Then we need to take a stand. Choose the this day. Who are you going to serve? Okay, now we come to John the Baptist and Luke 1, let's go over there to John the Baptist. Luke 1, and, and we're going to begin at verse 60, 68, but um, John the Baptist came to pay the way for the coming of Jesus Christ, remember? And all three of these people had very similar traits where they dedicated their lives to prayer and sacrifice unto the Lord. And, 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 and also of fasting because, you know, John the Baptist was in the wilderness and he only ate certain things. Because you know why? Be because certain foods that we love call, causes us to be giddish and sleepy and sluggish and and lazy and, and 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 God can't use lazy people okay but there are certain foods that you eat that gives you energy and allow your mind to function better amen and so when you're on a mission for Christ you make sure you put stuff in in you that allow you to be open to the spirit of the Lord and not have you drugged because food can drug you just like drugs <laughs> so they they were all three of them were very similar to um serving the lord because they sacrificed their lord their life for christ and 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 because they sacrificed their life for christ the holy spirit was always speaking to them because he's going to keep you uplifted so that you don't have to falter but he's also going to let you know what he's doing so you can stay on the course amen so, okay, we're going to begin with verse 68. And, and uh, this is when um, uh, uh, um, John, after John the Baptist is, is born, which it took a lot because his father, who was a priest, who was always in the temple praying too, did not, could not believe or conceive the fact that he and his wife that were beyond childbearing age would be able to give birth to a child, even though she wanted to have a child. And so then... Uh, the angel came and told him that he was going to have a have a child, 
And when he left the, the temple and went home, he and his wife got together and she became impregnated with the child. Then he, the Lord tells him, I want you to name him John the Baptist. Well, the custom was to name the son, the firstborn, who blessed the womb of the woman. <laughs> if a boy is the firstborn is a boy, blesses the womb of the woman, comes out, they're going to name him after their father. Okay, and he couldn't get with that. So then the angel said, well, I'm going to strike you dumb where you can't even speak until the child come. You know, and once the child come, then you'll be ready to call him what I tell you you're supposed to call him. Okay. <laughs> so all this has gone forth. And so in, 60, in verse 68, he says, this is uh, Zacharias. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. Because now, you, you know, when God stripes you dumb for a while, when you come back, you have greater revelation than you ever had. Ask Paul. Amen. Okay? So you can, see, you can see the unseen. You can see the deep stuff. Okay? He says, and he have raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he has spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Now, this should be really encouraging right now. What we're dealing with, this should be encouraging. But, but if you only see, this, see what we're dealing with in the natural, then I, this won't mean nothing to you. Because the battle that we're in right now in the world, not just the United States of America, is a spiritual battle. It is not natural because they're talking about it in a natural form and they're dealing with it by natural means. But those of you who have ears to hear and a heart to receive what God is saying and receive this in the spirit, you won't be messed up when they finally come to a conclusion. And you will be able to see God's hand in the providence of all of that. Okay? So he says, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. He says, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that has not changed. Right. We are his inheritance to Abraham's seed. So the oath that, that the father swore to him is still now in existence. It has not uh, collapsed or changed. It is still very real today. Okay. That he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, enemies might serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life not on certain occasions but all the days of our life in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life and thou child shall be called a prophet of the highest this is John okay for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring from on high have visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, like I said, 
you may be having some troubles and some issues, but these scriptures should be talking to your heart. Because he's talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, how he's going to deliver you out of darkness. And any issues that are going on as a result of darkness trying to mix with the light. Oh, Jesus. Let me do 79 one more time, Lord. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And in the shadow of death. He's going to open up your understanding while you're in the shadow. You're not dead. To guide our feet and to the way of peace. And then it talks about how the child grew, waxed strong in spirit, and was in the desert to the day of his showing unto Israel. This is, this is John the Baptist that's in the wilderness, <coughs> paving the way for the coming of our Messiah, Jesus, for he was a forerunner. Okay? Now, what's interesting is John the Baptist was first. And he was a forerunner to prepare the people for the coming of our Savior. Simeon was a devout man of prayer and study and a studier of the word. His faith was the birthing canal for the coming of Jesus. <laughs> Anna, a pure holy woman of prayer, which is intercession, I should say, and faith was a holding pot or the incubator for the pushing out of Jesus' birth. This is what we need to think about during this Advent. Yeah, do, you, do we understand? Lord Jesus, you need to ask God, now which one of these categories do you fit under? <laughs> okay, I'll go over it again. Praise the Lord, my pleasure. <laughs> John the Baptist paved the way for the coming of the Messiah, Jesus the baby. He was the forerunner. Simeon was a devout man of prayer and study and a studier of the word. His faith was the birthing canal of Jesus' coming. And Anna, who's a pure holy woman of prayer and intercession and faith, was the holding pot or the incubator for the pushing out of Jesus' birth. Jesus' life is love, life, and light. You don't get love, life, and light without Jesus. Amen. Now, you can get some lust. You can get some time in the world. <laughs> and you can come in and out of darkness outside of him. But to live in the light, let me tell you. <laughs> Today, there was an overcast, dark and dreary which determine whether some of the people are going to show up today or not. So they opt to stay home and then complain about the weather. Rather than coming to join in the presence of the Lord with the rest of us saints and watch him turn the ties of the weather. Amen. See, he will turn things around where you will have joy and dancing and night will seem like morning in his spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, back to Jesus is, is life, love, and light. Yesterday, no, Thursday, was uh, Hanukkah. Okay? 
which is amazing that it would come in the Advent season. Why? Because it's called the Feast of Consecration and the Festival of Lights. Okay. We consecrate ourselves to be the servants of God to do what he's called and commissioned for us to do. And that's the only way you're going to get it done without operating 24-7 in your flesh. We do operate in our flesh sometimes. But to be so focused in your flesh that you don't get it what God has actually called you to do. Amen? Amen. See, Jesus was always on course. So we have to consecrate ourselves to live in the life, the love, and the light of Jesus Christ. But the festivals of light is like when Jesus showed up, he brought in a new light that overshines anything else. When we're in Christ, we're in a new light. We're in a different light than the light of this world. That's why we don't opt to do something contrary to what he has commissioned for us to do. You see, attending church and participating in spiritual disciplines, which are centered around the gifts, offices, and ministries slash committees, which we have chosen to serve in or maybe chosen to just sit in the pew or the chairs of the congregation, has been reduced to activity and performance. Because we do not have the fear and reverence for God that we should have as believers. Our personal desires, ambitions, and goals have superseded the desire to do for the Lord and do it in fear and reverence of the Lord. The sad part about it is that fear and reverence is what empowers the gifting and the position that you have in the church and it is the well of anointing that will come upon you to allow you to do the exploits and the supernatural in and on behalf of the Lord your anointing is not coming because somebody anointed you and bless you your anointing is coming because you choose to make the sacrifice to do and to obey what God has called you to do amen the, see, the power and the anointing everyone chases after. See, you chasing after the cart. You know how you put the horse behind the cart? Okay. We should be chasing after God and asking him, Lord, what would you have me to do and how would you have me to accomplish this? See, we're chasing after the wrong thing. Stop chasing after the gift. Chase after the giver. The gift is given without repentance, but it is empowered by the power of our living God who gives us the ability, who puts the anointing on it. Now, just imagine every local body of Christ operating in the fear and reverence of God. Because see, you may, you, what you need to understand, we really don't. Because if we did, we would handle things totally different. And his glory would show up every time we came together. We wouldn't have to be cheerleaded into it, ushered into it. It would just show up. But we just walk in, 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 his, in his tabernacle like we just walked into the supermarket. So just imagine 
that each local body in the world, I don't just concentrate on the United States, but some other countries got it far better going on, got it going on far better than we do. Okay. We're operating in the fear and reverence of God and the love and unity of faith of Christ. Seeking him and making him our first priority. He is our number one reason for living. And, and that reason supersedes our money, career, jobs, all the whole gamut. It's number one, okay? Do you know what would happen? Anything that is a priority to you now that supersedes your living for God. Think about it. But because now you have opened up your heart and your spirit to receive and understand that my fear and reverence of God and to do what pleases him supersedes all those other things, you know what would happen? The power of God would be so strong over us that our own strongholds would just fall off. Healing and the deliverance for all would be prominent. Oppression and fear would not be able to dominate our souls. Love, joy, and peace, and success would be flourishing in all of our lives. No, but no, but see what we want? We want to come up to the prayer line and have some anointed person to lay hands on us, and then all these things are going to happen. Well, you know what I want? I want not to have to come in the line. I want to just be in his presence. And he just showered me with what I need without me even thinking about it because I'm too busy working for him. Let me tell you, we need to mature in our prayer. There is a gift of prayer and the art of prayer. We can pray a strategy that will change both the left and the right side. As we are praying God's will to come to earth as it is in heaven. See, we don't need to declare what side. We don't need to be on the left and we don't need to be on the right. We need to be right there in the middle focusing on the Lord. And our prayers, because we are being led by the Holy Spirit, will direct what side is going to govern. Did I lose you? See, we can also pray selfishly. Because of our prejudice that we all have. And it don't make no difference what color you are, white, yellow, blue, red, whatever. Okay, we all are prejudiced. Which is almost or have a, 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 a demonic effect because God ponders the heart and he only sets truth and righteousness in place. When truth is being seek after. Righteousness is being seek after. We all pray. But the question is how? How do we pray? We hear certain words. Somebody can do like what we did when we sent out a mass the email for prayer. Certain words and the people are like, oh no, they're for Trump. I'm not getting on that. The whole purpose of that prayer had nothing to do with Trump. That came at the very end. It was to enlighten us, to awaken us to the time that we're in, which has nothing to do with Trump or Biden. Amen. 
and we missed it. There was a key word in that prayer, and the only thing people focused on was the last little paragraph. My focus was on that word, so I looked it up to find out what is it that we're actually battling in with this prayer that was a universal prayer that went out to the body of Christ, whomever would choose to receive it, okay? And the word was Valkyrie. The operation of Valkyrie, which means chosen of the slain. One of the maidens of Odin who chose the heroes to be slain in battle and conduct them to Valhalla, which is a hall of the slain. The hall of Odin, the chief god, that they would come, come into that hall which the souls of heroes were slain in battle are received. It's called demonic warfare. Did y'all understand that? I know that just went all over your heads. That's what we needed to have been focusing on. What are they telling us? That we're in a demonic battle right now, spiritually. And we're only looking at politics. The politics is the Jezebel cover-up for the Antichrist. That's trying to take over. And if we don't wake up, rise up, and seek God, we will be lost at his return. This is an opportunity for the body of Christ to wake up and seek God for strategy, seek God for understanding so that our prayers are effectual prayers. Because if this wasn't existing, then it wouldn't have been revealed by the Spirit. Okay? And God wants us to pray, to be consistent with our prayers, to be effectual with our prayers. Like he says in James. The effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. Let me tell you, the people who sent out this thing, they're prayer vigils. And anytime that you're praying all the time, God is going to pray. He's going to give you the strategies of the enemy. He's going to let you know what's going on. What do you you think prayer is about? It's not about give me, give me, give me, give me. Prayer is a strategy of keeping righteousness going on and battle against evil, wicked, demonic forces that have the world because that's why Jesus had to come to save us. Do you understand that? And we need to be strategizing and in the real warfare rather than always talking about me and mine. While the world is going to hell. And so he gives us strategies. Why? Because we learn in Wednesday class that the enemy operates with strategies. Through his principalities. And the principalities that he's operating in, is some part of it is the world. Because he stole the world from Adam and Eve. And that's why Jesus had, I mean, God had to come up with a plan to bring Jesus as a natural person to be our redeemer. What did that mean? You're only redeemed when you understand that you receive him and you accept him. And you have to flow in his spirit to conquer what the enemy is still working in this world. Effectual, the ability to produce a desired effect. Fervent, marked by great warmth and feeling. The key working word 
is righteous. As righteous people in his word and in his face seeking him, he gives us the Holy Spirit, gives us the strategy how to pray. Stop coming up with your own little kindergarten prayer and ask God, how do you want us to pray for this? He will give you the strategy out of his word. And that's what he's waiting for, for the body of Christ to awaken, awaken and reach heaven with our words, with our hearts. First, with your heart, because you just keep praying the same stuff, the same way. And it's so mechanical that you just read it. Out, and we're not piercing the darkness because the enemy knows when a person knows they have power. And when the enemy knows that you have power because you know who your Lord is and you're operating in righteousness and holiness, he can't do nothing with you. It's the fear. See, faith is the thing that keep us. It's the fear that allow him to come and, and wreak havoc all over us. Yes, he's going to come, but you don't have to stand there and just live in it. The Lord allow you to have that initial fear to recognize you're facing a problem. So, okay, now let me seek you, God, how to handle this. And see, when you got to learn how to fight. So sometimes you have to get up in his face. Don't always be on the defense. Get in his face when you see what's going on so you can disarm him for he before he do all the damage. And take back what God has given to you. And, then, and let him know. You see, people have a problem with me using that hell word, but that's because it is an existing place that's reaping havoc over us. So, yes, I'll tell him, get the hell out of here and go back where somebody want to be bothered with you. Because this place is sacred, holy ground. And we come here to reverence our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who be he given us the power to overcome what he's already overcome. And we're not going to stand by and watch you tear down our lives and our families with your stuff. We declare victory by the blood of Jesus, the word of God, and the name of God. And stop playing these games. We play games with each other. Yeah. We play games all the time. Forget the game plan. Yeah. Find out who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. And put on your whole armor. Yeah. And battle against it. Help us, Holy Ghost. Yeah. Help us, Jesus. Yeah. Help us, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I wouldn't want to be on Satan's side during these times I would have to be with Jesus and he said to the people that belong to him all power has been given unto me and I give it unto you let's pick it up let's pick up the power put on our weapon it's the Bible and put it on as a breastplate as shoes as a belt <laughs> as a shield and as a helmet Hallelujah, Jesus. And let's fight the good fight of faith. Are you ready to fight the good fight of faith? I want some people to be in with me that's not afraid to go to the battle. Let's go to the battle and do diligence and disarm Satan.
because the Lord has over, have already overcome all that he can do. What he does, either we allow it or God allow it so he can brag on us like he did Job, okay? Or to strengthen us so that we're not deceived any longer. You know, we can have all kinds of little ministries, but if our motive is not right, there's no power in it. And if we don't become one in it, there's no power in it. It's unity of faith. So it don't make any difference if it's a handful of us, or this whole area full of us, if we're not united together by faith and love and operating in harmony and peace, there would be no power. There would be no power. The power is here because of Jesus Christ. And we stand together in that knowledge. I just really feel that if the church will get in the position that they're supposed to get in, and we all come together, COVID will be diminished. Because I don't care what they create in the, in, in the uh, laboratories. Nothing is greater than our Lord. But we have to believe that. And we have to act like we believe it. And, 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 and not just let it be a fleeting thought and think, well, that's foolish because chemistry is what it is. Chemistry is what it is because God allow it to be it. He's the creator of all things. And we got to recognize and know that and take a stand against the things of the devil because he's just trying to take God's glory away from him. And he's so foolish, he's, he doesn't know he's going to lose. Now, we've been told he's going to lose, but we act like he's winning and that he's going to win. Who's your, who's your Lord? Jesus. And that's who we're going to believe. That's the report we're going to believe. The report of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. For those who at the sound of my voice over Zoom and don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, and for those of us who are present who maybe really never knew who your Savior is, only thought that you did, now is the time to confess him as your Lord and Savior and know that you can overcome the cares of this world. Then just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, oh, how I need a savior. So Father, I'm coming to you and I'm asking you in faith to give me your son Jesus as my Lord and savior. I rejoice in the knowledge that I can ask for a savior and you will faithfully give them to me, quickly give them to me. Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't have to beg. I don't have to do anything out of the ordinary, but just accept the precious gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Father, for endowing me with your Holy Spirit. Now fill me to overflow. I want every gift you have, and I thank you in advance, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to do the benediction. So the Lord bless you. He is blessing us. This prayer should be, open our eyes, Lord, to see the blessing of Yahweh, he who exists, kneels before us, making mention, making available to us 
as our Heavenly Father and how he can bestow upon us all his promises and gifts. Open us to see that he keeps us, guards us with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all of our enemies from harming us. That he protects our body, soul, mind, and spirit, our loved ones, and all our possession. Open up our eyes to see how the Lord makes his face shine upon us. That Yahweh, he who exists, will illuminate the wholeness of our being towards you, continually bringing to you order so that you will be fulfilled with his God-given destiny and purpose. And that he's gracious to us, Yahweh, he who exists, that he provides for you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and giving you the substance, provision, and friendship that you need. The Lord lift up his countenance on you that he, and your eyes open up to see the countenance that Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, <laughs> supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being, and that you may be open to see his peace. Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so that you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. In Jesus' name, amen.